Hey, what's going on? It's Quinn David Furness. Welcome to my show. Quinn David Furness presents the Beantown Podcast for Sunday, June twenty seventh. Oh boy, it's it, we it's a birthday. Mother of the podcast. I just realized this now, and I'll tell you why. Because I am unashamedly, unabashedly, and unforgivingly recording this show uh on the morning early morning under the cover of darkness nearly uh on on monday june 21st i'm recording this and not to get into the weeds with pre-recording and why i'm doing this this and that but uh going to the dominican republic on june 22nd and returning later in the day on Sunday the 27th and there was no way in hell I was going to bring all my recording equipment to the Dominican Republic nor try to squeeze in a late show uh, on Sunday after all that travel and I would never ever come out with a late show for you coming out after the weekend unless unless there's a severe nuclear fissure or reactor meltdown or if I had appendicitis and it got infected you know these are it's a short list of things that would cause a delay and an international trip does not fall into those categories um but I just realized this happy birthday to my mom Dr. Jane Dennison Fern is affectionately known around the house as Dr. J. Uh, Mom is turning 59 again this year, which is a big, big milestone. But, Mom, happy birthday. We love you. And uh, hopefully the the Wi-Fi in the resort is good. So I was able to say happy birthday to you this morning. I'm talking about ourselves in the future, which is... But I'm talking about our past selves by the time you listen to it. We're doing a little space-time continuum flex in here today. Um, it is our Island Living podcast. It's kind of like, you know how Wheel of Fortune, they always got a fun little theme like Island Living or Live from Broadway or, you know, we're here at the the... Epcot Studios in Orlando, Florida. We're live from Pat Sajak's Republican CPAC press conference. You know, they always have some some goofy hijinks lined up for us, the folks at, at the wheel. By the time you're listening to this, my vacation will be just about over or already over. But I got to tell you. I'm pretty excited. We are going to Punta Cana for five days. We splurged. We're doing all expenses paid, drinks, child labor. There's a discotheque open six nights a week, and we purposefully took Monday off. The the one day we're not there on our trip is a Monday, which is technically when I'm recording this, so that we could hit the discotheque six days in a row. And I figure by the time 
we get to day six, they'll know us so well that we can put in any special requests we want. That's when I bring in the Elton John 90s face. We're going to be doing a little Caribbean rundown or preview. You know, one thing I like to do, which I haven't been able to do at all in the last year and a half, is talk in depth, give previews, etc. about the places I've been, the places I'm going. And I guess we were able to do that ever so slightly back in uh, November when I did my road trip series when we were out in New England and upstate New York. And that was great. But before then, I think the last time I really got to do anything was our Alabama rant, which is already, you know, some 70, 75 episodes ago. You may or may not remember it. I think it was one of our better episodes from that season. And it was right early on in the beginning. It was like January or February 2020. Um, But we're going to be talking about the Caribbean. The Caribbean? Caribbean? Who knows? And that's right where we'll pick it up today. And I'll mention listener discretion is advised when you're listening to the Beantown Podcast. Number one, podcast is objectively terrible. Number two, we'll occasionally use some language. And I already used hell. And I got to tell you, in my like post Christian upbringing, the fact that hell in any capacity is considered by some to be a curse or swear word of some kind is just whatever happened to separation of church and state, okay? Because for the last 235 years of American history, I felt comfortable I felt good about our separation of church and state in this country, but now that I'm thinking about it, it's not as good or not as strong. So maybe Joe Biden should make that his number one priority. Caribbean or Caribbean? Why do we have two widely accepted pronunciations? Why can't we just settle on one? Here's the thing. Pirates of the Caribbean, very popular Disney World ride slash Keir Knightley movie franchise, also starring Stalin Skarsgård in the sequels. But everyone says Pirates of the Caribbean. I never heard anyone say Pirates of the Caribbean. It just doesn't work. If you say that three times, Jeffrey Rush will appear out of thin air and shoot you with a a musket. I guess pirates don't really care don't don't really carry muskets. I just wanted to say it. Musketeer, that's the uh, the Xavier team, right? What a what a great team name, Musketeers. But I got to tell you, I'm on Wikipedia here which is going to be really beneficial for us on today's episode. I'm also going to need to pull up a map here. The Oxford Online Dictionaries claim that the stress on the second syllable, which is Caribbean, I think, I think that's how that works, is the most common pronunciation in the Caribbean itself. 
but according to the dictionary of Caribbean slash Caribbean English usage, the most common pronunciation in Caribbean English stresses the first syllable instead. I don't really know what that means. What is Caribbean English? Let's click the hyperlink. The word Caribbean consistently ranks as one of the most misspelled words in the English language. Well, we can't, I can't speak to that because I'm kind of an expert speller. Caribbean. C-A-I-R. Wait. It's too early. It's literally 7 a.m. And we're trying to spell. C-A-R-I-B-B-E-A-N. Caribbean. Caribbean English dialects of the English language are spoken in the Caribbean and Liberia. Okay. When we're talking Caribbean countries, don't forget. Most countries of the Caribbean coast of Central America and Guyana and Suriname. 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 That E is just kind of there. Suriname. S-U-R-I-N-A-M-E. On the coast of South America. Okay, yada, yada, yada. There's other things I wanted to get back to. The etymology. There's a big word for you. E-T, phone home. Etymology. The region takes its name from that of the Caribs. Not caribou. Okay, all my flora and fauna folks, just hold on. An ethnic group present in the Lesser Antilles, one of my favorite Antilles groups, that of the lesser variety, and parts of adjacent South America at the time of the Spanish conquest of the Americas. Oh, boy. I once did a 20-page research paper. I put the term research in quotations um, because <laughs> I was taking a history class at Rock Valley College from beleaguered and beloved professor i don't think beleaguered is a word but it, it's similar to a word that exists that i don't really understand so it's there um professor martin w cork i think his middle name starts with a w but i don't know i just kind of added it in there and uh these classes were literally you show up every day hour and a half he would lecture for an hour and a half straight and a good lecturer and you would just take handwritten notes for 90 minutes. And it was the same thing every day on a new topic. Basically, the, the whole class from start to finish was like a, one audio book. One continuous audio book. I think the classes I took were American history pre-1865 and then American history post-1865. So I, I this research paper I did on the Spanish conquest of the Americas was in that first class. And essentially he just start from, you know, 1492 or whatever and had a one continuous lecture that went from 1492 to 1865, which there's not too much to cover there. But you would just get a 90-minute chunk and then stop and then you show up to class two days later and that – the, the next 90-minute chunk would pick up right where you left off. And that's how the class worked. And the final paper, I don't even really remember there being guidelines of any kind. Because what I really ended up doing, and I don't feel badly about it because I didn't feel directed, nor did I feel compelled. 
I literally just got because I what I recall from the assignment was write a twenty page research paper and have you know on on a topic of which we you know had to pick names out of a hat or something I don't know and have like ten twenty sources primary sources or secondary sources I, I don't know whatever books from the library yada 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 and I literally wrote twenty pages. Here's exactly what I did. And for all the historians, all the academics out there, you're going to cringe. But 16-year-old Quinn honestly doesn't feel bad about it. Or 26 – well, for sure 16-year-old Quinn didn't feel bad about it. In hindsight, 10 years ago, still don't really feel bad about it because this was just a run-out-the-clock, grab-your-A-and-go type situation. I literally sat down with the Wikipedia article for the uh, Cortez conquest of uh, the, I was going to say the Andes. That's a mountain range and a delicious thin mint chocolate of the Aztecs, another A word, not only delicious taco shells, but also an ancient civilization. Well, not necessarily ancient, but less modern than today. Uh, I pulled up the Wikipedia page for that. I more or less paraphrased or just, I guess this is a form of plagiarism. I don't really know. Wrote, took, took the story that the Wikipedia article told and then told it in my own words. And since I didn't really give a flying SHIT, about what I was writing about, I would just, at any point in the paper when it felt like a good time to have a source, you know, maybe I'd gone a couple sentences without any sort of quote or idea of some kind, I would just grab a book randomly. And I I think at the end of the day, there was a little bit more precision to it than just randomly. But that, you know, in hindsight, that's, or 10 years later, that's kind of what it felt like. Opened up a source, found something that was relevant to the point in the story where I was, and threw it in there. Did my little MLA citation on, you know, citation.com or whatever we used. There was a specific site we always used. Birthday, birthday mom, Dr. Jade would probably remember. Did I say Dr. Jade? Jane. It's tough because sometimes I say Dr. Jane, sometimes I say Dr. J as a reference to Julius Irving. And then other times, other sounds slip in. And next thing I know, I got a 20-page paper. And here's why I really don't feel bad about it. Because on the last day of class, you bring up your paper. You, you take a – I don't remember if we had like a final exam or, or what. But you show up. You bring your paper, print it out. So it's a thick, thick stack. And in front of the class – not out loud or anything, but just while everyone else is still taking their tests, if you're, let's say, the first person to go up, you hand your paper. He literally pages through it as if he was a speed reader, spending approximately one and a half seconds per page. He does that for each page. He turns back to the front with your little cover page and gives you an A. Hands your paper back, and you walk out. And so, you know, I spent 
probably way less time on that paper than what should have been spent on it slash what some other people spent on it. I'm sure I spent a lot more time than other people in the class. But you do all that, and I'm not saying it's Dr. Quirk's prerogative to spend a lot of time or not a lot of time. He can do what he wants to do. But my feelings on that are that if he's going to take 30 seconds, literally, not an exaggeration, maybe even less than that, to grade a 20-page paper, then I don't feel like I really need to do that much. Because I was never, and here's basically my thesis statement of this whole five-minute story. When I went to school, and the academics listening to this are going to gonna drop a tear from this, but I, I was never in school outside of some music classes to learn. I was there to get an A. And it's just a specific learning type. It's, a, it's called strategic learning. And I was pretty damn good at it because I graduated college with a 3.95. And then now I'm done. And I got a master's degree and I feel good. So all that is to say something about the Spanish conquest of the Caribbean. And I, I think after having told that story, I'm probably more of a Caribbean guy myself because of Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay? Caribbean just sounds like you got you to gotta get in there quick with the stress. And uh, I, oftentimes when I start saying it, I, my tongue and to a lesser extent my cheeks and mouth muscles in general need some more time to kind of warm up and get into it. Caribbean is just like, whoa, slow down. Buy a guy a drink first. Caribbean, it's a little bit more laid back, smooth, and sexy. We're going to the Dominican Republic. And in the second half of the program, which I wouldn't say this episode is going to be short, but I'm not going to babble on too much longer because I got stuff to do. I got to work today, believe it or not. I also have to pack for an international trip, an expedition of sorts. So we're really just trying to spend a little bit of time on this, have it happen, and then move on to the next thing. But I was, I've, I've thought about this actually not frequently, but in the past. What is going on with this? You've got the Dominican Republic, and you've got Dominica. Can someone explain what is happening there? I understand, you know, you're probably named after St. Dominicus, who was presumably some sort of Spanish priest who gave a lot of natives syphilis in the 16th century. So I understand it. Why you'd want to name yourself. Why'd you, why you would want to hit your wagon to that guy. But 
do you call if you're from Dominica? Which, if you don't really know, it's a it's a smaller island in, I believe, the Lesser Antilles. It's an island nation. Do you call yourself Dominican if you're from Dominica? And if so, I can imagine there would be all sorts of confusion that would occur in those islands. Probably some some hoodwinking of the light and playful variety, but hoodwinking nonetheless. So I decided no one was going to answer this question for me. Just like the rest of my life, I would have to do it myself. Whether it was a construction project or baking a pie, such as key lime or lemon meringue. Meringue's a fun word. Or, I don't know, something else to make it a rule of three where I did it myself. What's the difference between Dominican Republic and Dominica? Well, I know the difference, but I wanted to get some more in-depth analysis. So I turned to Google, and the first hit I got, and I don't, let's see, what did I Google? It was Dominican Republic versus Dominica. So you had to wade through some soccer scores. But then the, the next hit I got was from Loop Caribbean News, a three-minute read Domin- titled, Dominica is not the Dominican Republic, 10 things about the island. So here's the thing. Here's the list. And I, the reason I'm sharing this is because I perused the first couple and I found it comical. And I haven't read the full list, so hopefully it's interesting. There's 10 of them, I think they said. Number one, Dominica had 13 homicides reported up until July 7th, 2017. I'm not shitting you. This is a list titled Dominica is not the Dominican Dominican Republic, 10 things about the island, and that's the first thing on their list. They have 13 homicides reported in the year 2017 up until July 7th, 2017. So already I'm feeling a lot more knowledgeable. You know, if I get to the Dominican Republic and we're driving, being driven from the airport to the resort, and all of a sudden this driver starts making some small talk, I, you know, I could whip out that fact. Now, granted, I'm only halfway there because I only know the fact in English. So let's pull up Google Translate and put it in. Number two, Dominica had a population of 73,897 as of July 2017, according to the Central Intelligence Agency Factbook. That means that hundreds of thousands of Dominicans, spelled D-O-M-I-N-I-C-A-N apostrophe S, won't flock to Trinidad as had been expressed in the public domain. Now, I wasn't aware of that news story, but it's interesting that a country of 73,000 people could have hundreds of thousands of islanders flocking to Trinidad. Number three, Dominica is not the same as the Dominican Republic. Okay, well, we finally got there. Glad to have that out in the open. Four, Dominicans speak English and some French patois, whatever that means, P-A-T-O-I-S. Okay, the rest of that's not interesting. 
Oh, number five. Here we go. It's good to get back to the hard-hitting stats. In terms of statistics for HIV-AIDS, Dominica is reporting a total of 444 confirmed cases since the outbreak of the disease in 1987. Okay, I'm glad we had that at number five because I was worried it wasn't going to make it in the top half of the list. Uh, Number six is about religions. Number seven, Dominica has no military force except for the Commonwealth of Dominica Police Force, which includes the Coast Guard. I love a good police force. I love a good police state. Number eight, Dominica has been listed as a minor transshipment point for narcotics bound for the U.S. and Europe. Excellent. Number nine, Dominica's national dish is the mountain chicken, which are the legs of a... Wait, okay. The mountain chicken, which are the legs of a frog called the giant ditch frog, which is native to Dominica and Montserrat. So the mountain chicken is not a chicken at all. It is, in fact, the name of frog legs of a giant ditch frog. That's absolutely wild, man. I'm looking at this frog. It's big, but I wouldn't call it a giant. Okay? It's kind of like a, a, a large frog. But in no way would I characterize this thing as giant. All right. I'm sure the mountain chicken legs are tasty. Number 10 is more about its lush greenery. And then at the end of the article, it just says, In 2015, Dominica faced Tropical Storm Erica, which saw 30 people dead and was said to be the deadliest storm to hit the island since 1979. And that's just kind of how they close this article. I'm not sure if they got, you know, the best journalists in the Caribbean to write this article, but it was written nevertheless. I want to give a shout-out to Home Pride, Oregon. He's my dad. Last week was Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to Steve. Uh, Folks, if you live in Central Oregon and you need a home inspection provider, you're going to want to trust the experts. Tried and true, black and blue, call Steve at 541-410-0316, or you can head to homeprideoregon.com. If you're enjoying today's show, you can always head to beantownpodcast.com and leave us some website feedback. And that's traditionally meant more for, hey, your blog sucks, or why is this organized this way, or help, the website gave me a virus. But you can also leave encouraging words, because I don't really judge either way, and I've seen it all. Okay, so I'm ready for whatever you throw at me. You can also email us, beantownpodcast.yahoo.com. Again, that's beantown, beanpodcast at yahoo.com. And we'll get back to you within two to three business months. Uh, Shout out to the Samson Q2U series. It's got crisp, clean audio quality, and you're going to want that when you're talking about the Caribbean or the Caribbean. So either way... When God speaks, he uses a Samson. And finally, our friends cuts by Q. When you need a fresh do, something snappy and new, just call the experts at cuts by Q. Again, that's 815-298-7200 or email cutsbyq at yahoo.com.
you know, I, I, I throw the Cuts by Q phone number out there every week, which happens to be my own phone number. And I don't think it has anything to do with this. I think it's something else, you know, some online forum or website tracking, whatever, because I don't think my podcast is necessarily a huge generator of spam requests outside of the occasional Rock Chris message, which is a, a you know, if we were going to have like a, if you were going to make like a poster of little Bean Town podcasts, you know, phrases, references, objects, you know, anything related to the show, Rock Chris would have to, you'd probably just have a rock with the word Chris on it. And if you don't know, it was just, he was just a toboggan. Who, what, what do they call you when you're from Togo? Probably toboggan. Uh, he wanted to get, get going on a, mine investment i think of some kind gold or blood diamond something and uh it was a it was an all-time classic story because we had a significant email exchange where i flipped flipped the tables on him but anyways oh i mentioned this with my phone number lately and i've heard other people have had similar issues there's been a lot of like spam group texts started, and I might have even mentioned this before. They come from emails, such as this one from 815-298-7430 at vtex.com. And it's just one message that says, meet sexy single dot holiday. I think we talked about this before. There's not even a call to action. It's not even a website. It's just like the, the, the most low effort spam. Like, what is this? What am I supposed to do with this? Um, but then we got one. Well, there are a lot that came in yesterday. But one came in at 1229 that didn't even have a message. But the group text got uh, got feisty. <laughs> People started talking. Because there's 20 people on this group text who are all real numbers, presumably, brought together by spam. And it was basically just like, F you, and then someone else said, yeah, F you, quit texting my shit. And then we started talking about Father's Day. And the love and comfort of a father figure. And it was one of the most wholesome things I've ever seen. And just a great Father's Day when we could be brought together by spam texts. Uh, Part two of today's episode is a much shorter part. I thought it would be fun to just pull up a map and look at some of these islands. So starting in the west, you got Cuba. It's kind of long and skinny. And I don't really know what's going on down there. You know, they're still kind of communist. But the relations seem to have gotten better. But it's like if you go down there and and say you're American, are they going to shoot you? I don't know. I'm not taking that chance. There's also this little island part of Cuba, I assume, that's just south of the kind of western tip called Isla de la 
Juventud, which translates to Island of the Youth, I think, in Cuban. And I, the only other thing I can really say about Cuba, I love a good Cuban sandwich. Absolutely delicious. North of Cuba and just east of Florida, southeast of Florida, you have the Bahamas, which are an interesting kind of chain of islands here. You have Grand Bahama. You have Great Abaco. You have uh, Governor's Harbor, which I don't know what, what island that is. It's the skinniest little looking island you've ever seen. It's like the width of one road practically. The whole thing is like a road and a beach. That's incredible that that hasn't just sunk into the ocean yet. Then you got this big looking guy. I don't know what the name of this island is, but he's huge. And out to the left, there's kind of some some cool looking like marsh of some sort. But then I, and I didn't even know this, I always just assumed that Nassau, the capital of the Bahamas, would be on this big looking island. But it's not. There's this tiny little guy to the east of that big island. And I don't really know what the name of this island is because it doesn't tell me on the map. But maybe it's just called Nassau Island. I don't know. But it's where the Linden Pindling International Airport is. Right next to Lake Killarney. Apparently, the Bahamas were colonized by the Irish. I never knew that. And you got Nassau, the capital, which I think has like 4,000 people in it. As I scrolled in on Nassau, the first thing that popped up was Nassau Pest Control. It seems like a big job. I feel like there would just be a lot of pests there traditionally, historically. So I'm sure they have lots of business. But where do you where do you put the pests once you get them? Because it's a pretty small island, and there's not a lot of room. Um, you go east of Cuba, you got Turks and Caicos, which is a pretty fun name to say. I see North Caicos, Middle Caicos, East Caicos, and South Caicos. Very straightforward. I appreciate that. But where's Turks? I don't know. Nearby, I assume. But it was not clearly... This one is called Inagua, the West Indies. A lot of, a lot of little islands here. Crooked Island, Long Island, Cat Island, Georgetown, Black Point. Wow, it sounds like a filter on Instagram. Uh, then you got Hispaniola, a, a pretty big island. On one half, you got Haiti, which was colonized by the French and kind of left for dead. There's a lot of poverty there, from what I can tell. And this big, long-looking peninsula-type thing. That's where all the people, all the Christian kids in high school go to build a school and bring chicken pox and then they get out of Dodge before there can be any ramifications. And then on the east side of the island, you got the Dominican Republic and all the way to the east end is a little place, a little slice of paradise, Punta Cana. And that's where we're going tomorrow. 
And by the time you listen to this, I'll be back, probably. What a place. Had a great time. Loved it. I'm very tan now, and I speak fluent Spanish. Then you go east of there, you got Puerto Rico. Remember what Trump would, would say? Puerto Rico. He would just be talking his normal diatribe, and then all of a sudden, like a light bulb, he would go from yada, yada, yada to Puerto Rico. It was insane. Puerto Rico has a very pleasant shape. It's almost like a, a perfect rectangle. But the east side gets messed up a little bit. That's probably from the hurricane that they had a couple years ago. But it's a nice place, and maybe someday it'll be a state. And I'll add it to my list of, you know, go to all the states. Then you got a whole bunch of little guys. I think these are the lesser Antilles. You got the British Virgin Islands. You got the U.S. Virgin Islands. Could be a good, uh, they could have like a beach volleyball match for the fate of the islands. Could be good. If they make another Pirates of the Caribbean movie, there's a plot. Okay, Bruckheimer. I won't even charge that much in uh, royalties. You got Angia. You never hear anything about Angia. Who does it belong to? I don't know. I know you're thinking, oh, he, oh you mean Antigua. No, we're getting there. There's Angia. A-N-G-U-I-L-L-A. St. Kitts and Nevis. I feel like I would be more of a St. Kitts guy, but Nevis looks nice too. Then you got Antigua and Barbuda. I never really knew this because you just hear the name and it is what it is. Barbuda is this tiny looking guy with like half of a city. I don't think there's a lot of action going on there. Antigua seems to be the place to be. Then you got Montserrat. We talked about that already. You got Guadalupe. You got Dominica. Featured heavily previously on the show. Martinique, St. Lucia, St. Lucia, St. Vincent, and the Grenadines. Don't forget those Grenadines. St. Vincent, as you might expect, seems like the place to be on that island. You got Granada. Classic. One of my favorite U.S. invasions was in Granada. Then we get down. You got Trinidad and Tobago. Boy, Tobago is this, this... very small looking guy. Trinidad is huge. There's a lot going on. Kind of looks like a peep. And then over you got those uh you got the like Dutch Indies, is that what they're called? Aruba, Curacao, and uh this other guy here, Bonaire. Not to be confused with Lisa Bonet. And uh the only island I really forgot here. Well, you got the Caymans. We're going back towards Cuba. And then you got Jamaica. My dad's been there. Looks like a pretty wild time. Montego Bay, Runaway Bay, Ocho Rios, and the Blue Mountains National Park. It's the whole island right there. That was just a little rundown of the Caribbean. And if I had more time, I would have given you an in-depth analysis of each one. But those were just some of my quick hitting, quick hitter thoughts. Pretty much the last 15 minutes, someone has been opening my screen door. You know, I got one door in and out of this apartment. I got my main door, but then there's also a screen door, which is kind of kind of fun. 
but it's also a pain in the ass because I can absolutely hear very clearly anytime anyone opens up my screen door, and typically it's just the mailman because I have a mail slot in my actual door but not in the screen door. But this morning, someone's just been opening the screen door. And uh, it's making me very nervous and anxious, and I'm not having a good time. So we're going to stop it there because I'm just a nervous wreck right now. And that's that's a great way to start your Monday morning. But everyone, I hope you're enjoying your summer. Next week, I suppose, will be our salute to patriotism slash nationalism. On the Beantown Podcast. Uh, Yeah, 4th of July weekend is next weekend already, which is crazy. But everyone, I hope that you are doing okay. I hope hope at some point in your life you get to have a little taste of island living. And we'll talk all about the trip more so coming up. I also wanted to just briefly give a shout out to uh, the Anderson family. I was up in Wisconsin last weekend uh, with college roommate Sam Anderson and his parents. And uh, they have an Airbnb the whole week up at the Chain of Lakes near Wapaka, W-A-U-P-A-C-A. And they were very kind to host me. And we had lots of food and drinks and went out on the boat. And Greg did some skiing. We had a little badminton tournament, which Sam and I were crowned champions. A little mini golf outing. And the the last thing I'll say here, uh, beyond thanks to, again, to the Andersons for their kindness and generosity. If you ever get the chance, you're ever up in the Chain of Lakes, Wisconsin, you got to visit the Tom Thumb Mini Golf Course. It's one of the most challenging, esteemed, well-respected mini golf courses in the Great Lakes region. You got to play Tom Thumb. On the last hole, they got the thing where, you know, you kind of shoot it up into the cage and so you don't get your ball back, whatever. This one is a clown, and there's holes in the eyes and the nose, and it's slanted. So if you don't hit it into any of those, it just falls down into the mouth. But if you hit it into the nose on your first putt on 18, you get a prize. And uh, obviously, it's this this the tiniest of tiny rinky-dink all the way back in the woods mini golf course that you would have to stumble upon in order to access. But I didn't get it on my first putt, but it, the ball came back. I don't remember exactly what happened. I had a second shot, and I got it right into that clown's nose, and I was just going to be like, whatever, like... I obviously I don't want the prize nor need the prize nor did I earn the prize because it wasn't my first putt. But then it makes this big buzzing noise, like if you're playing Operation and you hit Cavity Sam. Is that what his name is? Something like that. Um, and so the guys, guys, like, oh, congratulations! Like, no, it wasn't. It wasn't my first one. It was my second one. And he was like, thank you for your honesty. And I was worried that he was about to have a, a just a freak out because. Maybe winning the prize just just about puts them out of business. So I was like, no, I'm not going to claim my $100,000 prize, and that got a laugh out of them. Or later I learned the prize, a free game at Tom Thumb and a six-inch sub from Subway, which I tell you what, when they instituted that prize was probably about $2. Nowadays it's like $8. Subway is insane. 
But uh, no, I did not did not make a fuss. Did not want my prize. But uh, shout out to Tom Thumb. I actually went on their uh, website when I got home last night and sent them a little message. Not chewing them out. More of an uplifting, thanks for having me today kind of message. But that was fun last weekend in Wisconsin. Nice to get away for a little bit. A little pre-vacation vacation, which was nice. Uh, That's what I got for you today, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Another great installment of the Bean Tom podcast. I believe this is episode 181, something like that. So our quest for 200 is coming soon. I think it happens in like November. I suppose I could map it out by now. It wouldn't be too hard. But coming up soon, our 200th episode, only four to five months away. That's what we were doing today. Thanks for listening. I'm going to work. I hope everyone stays safe, stays sane, and I will check in on you next time. Bye, everyone.